Hey everybody, welcome to the Florida Basketball Hour. I'm Neil Blackman, your host. Eric Fawcett from GatorCountry.com and I are going to break down Florida's win over Arkansas 66-50 at the SEC Tournament. And we will do a quick take preview of LSU in the quarterfinals tomorrow. Um, The Gators with a a real chance to have a a comfortable sleep Saturday night if they can beat LSU. Um, They'll certainly put themselves in a position to earn a, a bid with a win today. And can feel a lot better about their chances uh, after that performance. Um, so enjoy the, the breakdown of the show, and thanks for listening as always. Hey everybody, I'm Neil Blackman. It's the Florida Basketball Hour. I'm with Eric Fawcett. GatorCountry.com. Florida survives, advances, and they do so on a day where a couple other teams on the bubble lost. Uh, we will talk about that in a minute, but I want to get Eric's thoughts on the, on the win, and, and really we'll start with, uh, we, we kind of planned this, but we'll start with what was not a very good first half. Yeah, it really has to start there because, I mean, someone who looks at the score of this basketball game will have no idea uh, the story of, you know, what really took place because, I mean, Obviously, there, yeah, Florida went on a little bit of a run in that second half. But, um, yeah, it, I think it was really Florida's ability to, to not let the game get out of hand in the first half that even gave them a chance because, uh, yeah, this was a game that was uh, a one possession most of the way. And, and I don't really feel like Florida played particularly well in the, in the first half. And um, just even the way that Florida turned the ball over so much. And it just didn't seem like Arkansas, who usually really thrives on take, getting turnovers and, and getting transition buckets on the other side. Uh, yeah, that just wasn't really the case. And um, some credit, I guess, to Florida for uh, continuing to defend even when things really weren't, weren't working well offensively. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just uh, – it was kind of one of those, one of those things. Uh, I know a lot of Arkansas fans were even um, kind of tweeting out numbers about how, uh, how with uh, you kind of in the Anderson era at, at Arkansas, just how if they've got the lead at half, um, their record's really good. And if they don't have the lead at half, their record's really, really bad. And I know in a two-point like, you know, two game at half, uh, that's a little bit more of a toss-up. Um, but yeah, just look, look what happened. Um, they didn't have the lead at half, but Florida had the lead at half and, uh, they, Arkansas was never able to come back. So, um, yeah, definitely pretty frustrating by, uh, frustrating the first half, just, uh, by a lot of the decisions offensively, just in terms of the, there's so many turnovers on just, again, just, uh, <laughs> you know, something I like to call just like nothing plays. Like it's, it's one thing when you turn the ball over, trying to jam it inside for a layup. Um, but those weren't really the turnovers. The turnovers were, um, just kind of fumbling it, trying to dribble off a screen or just, turning the ball over clean trying to swing the ball from side to side and a lot of that is credit to the high pressure defense of Arkansas um the way they can really kind of pressure passing lanes and and push offense out further um but a lot of that I just think was mental errors from the Gators yeah I really thought it was I thought Florida was careless with the ball Andrew Nimhart finished the first half with one turnover Uh, I think when and you know you you have to be careful in a tournament format with how much video you actually get to watch um, but certainly before whatever postseason tournament floor is in, they'll look back at this game, and I think Andrew will say, man, I could have had three or four turnovers in the first half. I mean, it actually could have been worse. And to Eric's point about Arkansas just being a really good team in transition that usually punishes you for that, Florida with nine turnovers in the first half, only three in the second. Um, I didn't even think Florida's transition defense was anything special in the first half other than, you know, that you had the one sequence at the end of half where, uh, Florida kind of that was maybe the what's interesting about that was that was like sort of the one effort turnover that Florida had right <laughs> and 
Arkansas gets a run out the other way, but Cavarius Hayes just sticks with it and gets a block, and Florida got a reset. Um, I, I actually thought, you know, I mean, Arkansas had chances in transition and just didn't execute very well. It wasn't like the Kentucky game where off Florida turnovers, the Gators were just really good in transition defense either. At least that was how I saw it. How did you see it? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of nice plays in transition defense where I thought that even like Andrew Nemhart got back and just kind of got vertical and, and defended them. Yeah, he did make him. It's true. Um, but I mean, honestly, I, 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 you know, and for people, actually people should probably know Neil that uh, we are recording this about, you know, 20 minutes after the game ended. Um, usually we actually are recording these uh, kind of game recap podcasts, usually the day after. Yeah, we um, So this is actually, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a real quick hitter. So I haven't actually watched it another time. So, um, but when I say their transition defense was pretty good, I'm honestly looking a little bit more just at the fact that um, Arkansas didn't turn nine turnovers into a whole lot of points. Just kind of looking at the, the raw, um, yeah, just the raw uh, uh, fact that Florida just, yeah. you know, and I, I didn't give up a lot of points. And, and I, I will also say, you know, I thought that Keontae Johnson block was clean. Um, that they <laughs> called the goals. And I understand that's a tough play when it comes over top of the rim like that. But uh, that was another play of like kind of you mentioned just kind of a pure effort to get back. Yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, yeah, from obviously from a results perspective, um, you know, you'd look at it and say, oh, the transition defense was okay. I thought it was better in the Kentucky game, I guess is all I'm saying. Like the Arkansas just didn't execute at times. Um what frustrated Florida offensively so much in the first half? I mean, do you think it was just deny man defense, or did you see something else? I really do think it's just that deny man defense where, um, yeah, you just uh, to, if, uh, for people to just kind of visualize, let's just imagine Andrew Nemhart is kind of at the standard point guard position, straight looking onto the hoop beyond the three-point line. Um, so there's a guy covering him, obviously. And let's say he's got Jalen Hudson on one wing and, and uh, Kayvon Allen on the other wing. So those guys that are covering Kayvon Allen and, um, and Jalen Hudson, um, you know, they were up there uh, trying to deny, trying to make that pass really tough. So if, say, Kayvon Allen wanted to catch the ball, he'd have to jump out to 35 feet from the hoop just to get the basketball. Well, if you throw it to him there, um, that's not much of a threat. It's not like he can square up and shoot from there. It's not even like he can really square up and, and drive from there. So, uh, and, you know, and for a Florida team that also wants to kind of play some of these, uh, these Princeton kind of sets, uh, it becomes really difficult if you can't just simply throw the ball to the wing or, or if you have to throw the ball to the wing to a guy who's, you know, at 32 feet from the hoop and not just be on the three-point line. So uh, I do credit Arkansas's defense a lot there. Um, but also I just thought, you know, the, looking at the turnover problems, I mean, the, though I, there's just some of those passes that Florida just can't make that ended up being turnovers. And there was um, Jalen Hudson had a couple just sloppy drives where he fumbled the basketball. <laughs> that just simply can't happen. And, um, yeah, so I would say I, I you know, wh- while giving a whole lot of credit to that Arkansas defense that I thought was really, really tight, um, there was definitely just some mental errors. What did you think? Yeah, that was kind of, you know, my view on it. And, and I actually noticed, you know, even at the end of the first half for not to pick on Andrew, um, you know, Florida initiates their last set of the half so late because of ball pressure defense, but also because. Like, I think Neymar either lost track of time or just didn't have urgency. And, and you know, Florida had a cut from Kayvon Allen in an underscreen where he was pretty open in the corner. And on rewatch, you'll get to watch it. It was like the only play, because we are recording this so fast, that I was able to rewind because, of course, it came at the end of the half. And, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he's got to see that, you know, in March. 
<laughs> he's got to see it. And, and Andrew usually does. So uh, to his credit, um, but they didn't there. So some execution errors, certainly uh, one point I wanted to make about the first half that, that I thought was really important was Mike White calling timeout when Florida, uh, you know, had really gotten down almost double digits um, early in the game. And I, and I thought it, it settled a Gators team that clearly came out with an edge, but maybe overjuiced, um, helped them focus. And, you know, as coaches, you know, that's kind of why I brought it up is, is for Eric to also explain that we can only control so many things. Um, and one thing you can control is flow of game sometimes, and you can settle players down. And I thought that timeout was uh, a really important moment in the game. It was. And one thing that I think is kind of funny about timeouts is I think a lot of people kind of imagine what's what's going on. And it's uh, maybe some encouragement, maybe some <laughs> of these just kind of like big ideas of like, OK, so like let's let's talk about if they enter the ball into the post from uh, to Gafford from this side and, and they space it on the other way. OK, Okara, you need to do this. And, and I think people sometimes get get tied up into thinking that it's uh, kind of these kind of big macro ideas. And honestly, a lot of times. Uh, when you get a timeout, what a team really needs is just to score on that next possession, just to just to really uh, just to kind of get that relief of seeing the ball through the hoop. And I thought that that might have been what went on um, of that timeout was one, it definitely just stopped um, it stopped the pace of uh, of Arkansas, but also uh, they kind of just got something designed that they came down the next time the floor and, and got a bucket. And and I think that sometimes you just need to see the ball through the hoop just kind of the one time just to have that exhale. So. Uh, that was definitely a, a game changer. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting too, just the fact that Florida, um, that he used that timeout right there as well. I thought it was really well used also considering that I feel like both teams kind of got some free timeouts with the uh, the multiple hook and hold um, reviews and, and Gafford going down. There was just like, a, there was multiple times where people were able to, you know, both teams went to their bench when it wasn't a, a TV timeout or a call timeout. And uh, I, I thought that that, uh, that allowed Mike White to kind of have one of those timeouts that he kind of could use just from a tactical standpoint. And I just, yeah, I couldn't, uh, he couldn't have used it any better. So I think that that leads to the next point, which is the other thing I was going to praise white for. Well, there's two other things. One was Florida was really ready for cross screens. Let's just start there. Really ready for cross screens and, and a pretty good plan um, on, on Daniel Gafford. Yes. He went six or nine from the field, but uh, the way he's been playing to limit him to 15 and six uh, just kind of a tremendous plan, I think. Yeah, they, they handle those cross screens really, really well with um, usually like a, like a Keontae Johnson staying on the high side of it and just deterring the pass for, for just a little bit of a second so that Kavari Hayes could fight through and be there. And like you mentioned, I mean, Gafford got his, and Gafford is an awesome player. I, I really like him. But Going to be a good pro. Going to be a good pro, I think. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, But, I mean, his offense was a little bit more off the uh, – off the short roll, and um, there's a couple. There's a couple times where they threw some pretty risky passes into him, and he was able to catch them and finish. And um, that's that's what having you know maybe the best player on the floor does for you, <laughs> right? Uh, but I mean, he had, he also had zero assists, um, and I would say that uh, he just Florida didn't allow his post ups to turn into layups for another player or um, or open three point looks for for Isaiah Joe or someone like that. So so Gafford had a you know a fairly quiet 15 points, I would say. Um, but just cause he's so good and, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like, Hey, let's, when he got the ball in the post and was able to either score himself or orchestrate offense and get Florida really kind of scrambled. So, uh, you know, overall I, I am impressed and I, I'm really glad you pointed out how Florida defends those cross screens. Um, 
because it was just really brilliant. I thought both Keontae Johnson and Kamari Hayes did awesome communicating on um, what they were doing and executing. Um, both guys that I thought played awesome games. Obviously, Keontae Johnson played awesome on both ends of the floor, but Kavari Hayes' defense was awesome. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a big part of why um, Arkansas's offense was not humming. Yeah, uh, it, it really was. I thought another thing that that I noticed um, was just the plan on Jalen Harris. You know, he had four assists in the first half when when Arkansas was making baskets at a fifty percent clip. Arkansas was eleven of twenty two in the first half. They went six of twenty four in the second half. So Florida really, really suffocated them. Um, and you know, I felt like Florida kind of got into they, they did a nice job defensively at the three-point line by slagging off of Jalen Harris in the first sense and then um, you know kind of hedging around uh, to, to prevent you know really good clean three-point looks especially in the second half yeah definitely the way that um, it was almost it was almost comical at times the way Andrew Nemhart was kind of just sagging off and playing <laughs> playing free safety when uh, when Jalen Harris caught the ball. And that's something you and me talked about. I mean, he's shooting twelve percent from the three point line. Like that is tough to do. Um, there was a there was a little bit of a the, the one thing about defensively about a three point shooter that I didn't think was was great was uh, a lot of these just like really wild closeouts on Isaiah Joe. And I mean, especially um, in the I, first I get half. It. Yeah, yeah, totally. You had I, you had. Um, uh, yeah, you obviously you had that play where Andrew Nemhart landed on top of him on like the first possession of the game. Um, just so concerned with if he was going to take a pull-up jump shot. You had uh, you had Okaru fouling him wildly um, late. Um, you had actually there's a play too where Keontae Johnson flew out on him, and that was that kind of turned into the uh, um, an open Gafford dunk just because uh, he kind of flew by defense, all kind of scrambled him to a Gafford dunk. Um, uh, Noah Locke had a bad one too. He got just uh, kind of got in the air and got blown. Yeah, the beginning of the second half, they got one, and oddly, Joe didn't shoot. He yeah. dribbled in, and Florida was kind of fortunate to like not have three foul shots out of the gate. Yeah, very fortunate. But yeah, I just I didn't think those were well. Yeah, I will say I didn't think I, th- those are bad closeouts um, to be just that wild and out of control. Um, it's just not a great way to play defense. And I understand it's, it is really tough when you've got an elite shooter like Isaiah Joe and you've got, you know, your coaching staff probably saying, you know, we need this guy to be, you know, not to get open looks. And you know, he's a great shooter and you don't want him to get an open look, but uh, leaving your feet on a closeout is just, uh, you know, unless, unless you're there at the moment, kind of at the, at the top of his jump and you know, the ball's leaving his hand. It's just not a great percentage play to leave your feet because uh, you can obviously get blown by, um, if he just pump fakes you and uh, there's kind of wild closeouts like Andrew Nemhart did where he fouled him um, like Okaru did where he fouled him and he was yeah. a four point play. I just, um, I thought that was just a, a team that looked a little scrambly on defense, but again, like you said, a lot of that was in, was in the first half and then early in the second half where I would say Florida was, uh, you know, not playing their best basketball yet. And uh, yeah, but later in the game, we definitely saw Isaiah Joe and, and Mason Jones, the guy with 30 points on the Gators in the first matchup. Uh, they were quiet. Yeah, and look, the one thing I'll add to this, which is two or three sentences, is, well, anyone that listens to us knows that or should have kind of picked up on the fact that I like John Calipari, like, as a defensive coach especially. And one thing he'll say is, like, there are, like, stages of defensive development too. And the first good one is we're listening to the scout. You know, right? We're locked in. So some of these bad closeouts, are they're locked in on the scout on Isaiah Joe. But the second part is you still have to remember how to play, like, fundamental basketball. <laughs> And so, you know, it's great that you're, you know, eager to help and rotate on Isaiah Joe and not give him clean looks, but you have to remember, you know, that 
you got to defend without fouling. So defending without fouling is the second stage in development, Coach Cal says, and, and we saw kind of that, you know, I think Mike White would agree with that assessment of, of the way that they guarded Joe for some of the game today. But obviously Arkansas gets 22 points in the second half. Uh, they only make six field goals. Second straight game where Florida holds a high-level offense uh, to to no field goals for a six-minute period. Um, so the Gators kind of defending at a high level. And then offensively, uh, they got it going a little bit in the second half, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit better for sure. And uh, just the, I, a lot of that just kind of for me was the fact that, uh, that Keontae Johnson was able to beat his man off the dribble and get inside. And uh, we could talk about Keontae Johnson, you know, yeah, let's so do much it. on teams. 20 like and 12. Game, 20 and 12. I mean, <laughs> six offensive rebounds I think he's listed at. And, and just uh, for, you know, the Gators only shot 38% from the field, even with an improved second half. So they were not very efficient. So they needed these extra possessions. And, uh, yeah, for Keontae Johnson to get six, um, to, for him to rip away defensive rebounds away from Daniel Gafford, who was there looking for for second chance opportunities. Um, his rebounding was huge, and Florida's rebounding on a whole was huge. Uh, Noah Locke jumping in for three offensive rebounds yeah. on the guard spot. Um, but yeah, I think. But yeah, going back to your original point about how Florida um, was improved offensively. Um, yeah, Keontae Johnson's just ability to to get in the paint and to uh, to kind of just pump and go by guys that just kind of changed the geometry of the defense for Arkansas, where they couldn't just move side to side to side because Florida's moving around the perimeter and um, uh, they, they kind of needed to, and that's the other thing too, is because Arkansas wants to have all their players on the perimeter out pressuring, um, it only takes a drive or two where a guy gets into the paint where they, they have to take a step back. They have to realize that they have to be like, Oh, they Keontae Johnson get the paint. I've got to be ready to help if I'm on the other side of the basketball. And um, I thought it just all started there and, and, it's just, you know, it's something I just have, pre- I preach all year long and hopefully people aren't tired of it, but just the importance of having players who can drive the basketball. And uh, I, I would say that this was just a perfect example where Florida wasn't getting penetration in the first half. Um, as soon as they got some in the, some penetration in the second half, it kind of sucked Arkansas's defense back. So Florida turned the ball over less, had some more space to operate. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, that, that's why um, a game that was, you know, really, really close at the half, really close for the start of the second, turned into a 16-point win for the Gators. Yeah, um, not a whole lot to add to that other than I thought the other thing that, that helped Florida a lot was Kavarius Hayes. And it's kind of the same principle because Eric and I talk about spacing a lot and, and you know, that one of the, the – the, a common attribute regardless of system is can you create space for players? And so another way that I felt like Florida did that um, was Kavarius Hayes' ability to establish position down low pretty consistently throughout the game. Right. He definitely, uh, he definitely just kind of made uh, just, again, another thing that kind of sucked Arkansas's defense back towards the hoop was if, if Kavarius Hayes was, uh, was even on, was on a guard or one of the, uh, one of the wings and the way that he was kind of fighting to get inside and, uh, and fighting to, uh, to try to look for that kind of over the top pass from Andrew Nemhart, which, you know, any team that watched that has watched Andrew Nemhart this year knows he can thread that pass. And yeah, that totally just, that changed the way Arkansas could defend. And um, he had kind of one of those uh, kind of half hooks, whatever you want to call it from, from Hayes that also kind of kept the defense uh, honest. And uh, yeah, for, for a guy that, you know, obviously takes his, his licks sometimes from, from Gator fans about his offense. Um, he kind of, he, he finished some tough ones where he really needed to. And um, just his ability to, uh, to establish position and, and be in a, pay, be in a place where Andrew Nemhart was, uh, was kind of the threat of him throwing that pass over the top was there. 
uh, changed the way that Arkansas defended and made more space for the perimeter guys. Yeah, and, and that's an important point that helped Kayvon Allen get going, right? Because Florida was able to establish uh, Hayes a couple times. So then when they run those actions where Hayes sprints out up top, and it, like Eric said when we talked about offense, this is not a complicated action. But you get a player that sprints out to the top, uh, and the defense kind of has to read and react to that, and the offense can read and react to what the defense does. So nobody left Hayes because they have to respect his ability to repost, and he gets the ball, drops off a nice little pass for Kayvon Allen, who buries a three. It's, it's a really you know simple – I'll actually – I'm going to tweet that a video of that segment <laughs> of that little action out because – it's not complicated, but it's good fundamental basketball. Yeah, and uh, again, just the, I was just looking at it too, that this was uh, kind of talking about quiet. Uh, I, I mean, Andrew Nemhart kind of struggled, was fighting it a little bit in the first half, and I think a lot of that was because of the way Arkansas defended. Um, but he ended with eight assists, and uh, that, that just kind of really shows how kind of mature of a player Andrew Nemhart is, that, uh, that he's kind of uh, – kind of didn't allow himself to be taken out of the game. Like, you know, you look at the fact, yeah, he's one for six. He had six points. Um, not a lot, but I mean, eight assists. Like, that's that's a lot of points generated for, for the Gators. And um, I, I think that that kind of helps. Like, you were mentioning that the threat of Kavarius Hayes um, kind of reposting and, and getting position inside. Um, that's obviously a lot of that is Kavarius Hayes. But I think a lot of that is the fact that uh, they know that, that Andrew Nemhart can lay that pass in there beautifully. And, um Yep. Yeah, just uh, just uh, probably there's probably not a lot of people that are kind of coming away from this game just thinking about how how well Andrew Hart played. Um, but I really was impressed with him in the second half, and uh, especially during that stretch that uh, that the Gators pulled away. Yeah, splendid in the second half, and um, Florida, you know, to, to get that type of improvement out of him, obviously they get a plus game from Kevin Allen. Not a lot from Jalen Hudson. Some really good minutes from Dante Bassett off the bench. You know, so Florida did a lot of things that they can build on for uh, the rubber match with Louisiana state uh, tomorrow. Um, kind of your initial thoughts on, on LSU. We don't know what the deal will be with Javante smart. I, I feel like it's safe to say will Wade won't play, but who knows uh, that story gets more and more weird. Yeah, that one's tough. Um, obviously yeah, for people who are listening to this, we're just, uh, we're talking right after kind of right after um, as soon as I could get my recap up for uh, for Cater Country, we just started recording after. So we're still uh, kind of waiting to hear. But, uh, yeah, just this morning, Will Wade put out his own statement saying that he thinks he should be coaching. Um, he pulled up the fact that he thought he was just exercising his constitutional right, which I thought was hilarious, um, <laughs> partially because I just thought it was hilarious and also because I'm Canadian and I always love when people use to the, pull their constitutional rights and like things like this to try to say why they should get what they want. But um, – yeah, I just uh, I'm curious <laughs> to see, but I, again, I kind of went back to this. I think we talked about it on this podcast, but I mean, LSU is uh, like we'll, like Will Wade is, is probably screwed at the end of the season, and LSU doesn't have a lot of talent coming in next year. Um, they're going to lose a bunch of their guys now to the NBA draft, kind of regardless if um, you know if Will Wade's gone and maybe they want to transfer out. But I mean, I, I do really think that this is LSU's kind of one chance to uh, uh, even you know even though it'll be vacated. Um, maybe win an SEC title and, and go deep in the NCAA play tournament. So I, I kind of, I kind of think that they're just going to be like, you know what, we're going to be screwed regardless. Of if we like, the, we're going to have to vacate this whole season, regardless of if Will Wade is coaching or not, or regardless of if Javante smart is, is playing or not. So I'm kind of thinking that they might, but also they might try to save face and, uh, and have him not coach. But, um, and besides that, I mean, the fact that Florida has played them twice already and it's been two overtime games, 
um, that is, uh, that's pretty intriguing just looking at a third game, especially because now it's been for three games. I mean, obviously one in Baton Rouge, one in Gainesville, and now this one is going to be at a neutral site. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm obviously, uh, I'm obviously pretty interested personnel wise. I'm also pretty interested from a standpoint of um, you know, even if we'll wait and draw too smart playing, I mean, this is a lot of distractions kind of circling them, but um, uh, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of the basketball side, uh, Florida did a pretty good job at limiting uh, Daniel Gafford and did a really good job on the glass. And they're going to have to handle some good big men with LSU and, uh, and kind of also take care of the glass. Yeah. I mean, look, they out-rebound Arkansas by 14. That's happened to people. Um, that's happened to the Hogs this year. They've gotten width on the glass like that. They, you know, Arkansas won a game where they lost the rebounding battle to LSU by 24. So <laughs> it's so hard to, like, gauge – where Florida's rebounding is, but I do think Florida rebounded competitively in the last month of the season. They're going to have to do that again. And then, I, you know, quite honestly, I think they need more from Jalen Hudson. And then we saw today, uh, Drew Helmich brought this up on Twitter, and it was like a really good point about, you know, we kind of brought it up in the pod, but when Florida has Kavari's Hayes and Keontae Johnson in the game, they're so much better at uh, basketball team. Uh, so, you know, I think you know, it's pretty obvious to say them staying out of foul trouble is important. But in this game, it's not just important offensively. It's important for Florida because those are the guys that help them compete uh, on the glass. Um, maybe we'll see more of those rotations. Minutes are a weird thing in tournament play, right? Because you have to kind of monitor that. But maybe not in the second game. That's sort of something you start to worry about in a in a semifinal. Um, you know, Eric brought up a great point on – LSU just having all these distractions swirling around them. And he also, you know, kind of brought up the the point about this kind of being a last chance. And yeah, I mean, I think they're, I'm a big, big Lebowski fan. And like, I feel like they're in like the plane has crashed into the mountain territory now. So it doesn't really matter. Like if Devontae smart plays, you know, they're, this season's getting vacated. I think at this point. <laughs> so well, what does it really matter? Like people are like, well, the punishment could be worse. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like, once again, like it's like, is the NCAA going to say like, Oh, well, because you, uh, you sat out, uh, Will Wade and Javante Smart in the last game of this reg- SEC regular season against, um, a winless Vanderbilt team. And also for the SEC tournament, um, we will actually uh, not make you vacate wins. Like, <laughs> like I did, like, I don't, yeah, like you said, I, I think they're in too deep. So there's part of me that just thinks that um, they might just kind of ride it out. But uh, one thing I did think was hilarious about the, um, so obviously there was that um, Will Wade statement. And then also that, um, that kind of response from LSU where LSU <laughs> pointed out there, like in everything that's been said by Will and his folks in the past week, what, not once have they denied any wrongdoing. And I thought that was a pretty funny yeah. response to his statement that yeah. his, his, um, <laughs> that, that even Will Wade's statement was just like, hey, it's not right for you to, uh, you know, keep me from doing this right now. But, he, you know, never even just like never denies it, never, which I I know there's probably a lot smarter legal minds than me that are obviously uh, <laughs> telling him what to do. But I did think that was funny for LSU to point out that they're like, well, you never once said like anything that about, <laughs> you, you never denied wrongdoing. You never even like hinted that uh, anything. So uh, that made me think that maybe he won't. Um, he won't, he won't be coaching, but I mean, uh, and you and me have said this too. Like I, 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 I don't like some of the personnel decisions he's had on his team from a, um, you know, he's taken some guys with some pretty questionable pasts on his team that yeah. are currently there. He's looking very much, um, very much guilty in this pay for play scandal. 
but I really think he's a good basketball coach. Like yeah. I, I really think he, um, I, I think it's, I think LSU runs tremendous stuff offensively. I think they made some great in-game adjustments against the Gators and like, he's one coach that I really think if he is not on the sideline for, for the Gators or sorry for, for the Tigers against the Gators. um, I really do think that matters where there's, you know, there's some teams that it probably wouldn't matter as much. I I really think it matters for the Tigers. Well, look, I mean, they, they had, they played a Vanderbilt team that had basically lost by about 27 points a game in their previous four. and, And they beat them by 21 at home in front of the few people in the, in the universe that are on their side right now. Cause that's another factor in the game tomorrow. I think is if Florida can weather, I think Florida has to weather the first, I think LSU is going to throw a haymaker and you know, cause it's that there's that us against the world. And when you get 16 to 23 year old kids and tell them that everything is against them, sometimes it's pretty remarkable the response you get. Um, and, and so from a psychology standpoint, I think the Gators kind of just have to, hang in there and and take that punch. But if they can stay in the game and and are in the game in the second half, the building is probably going to be behind Florida. Right. And uh, because nobody likes a cheater. I mean, I I don't want to like, I guess I'm going to be pretty blunt about it, but you know, that's, that's kind of the sense that they're going to have externally as they go through the NCAA tournament as well. And yeah, and I, I didn't mean to, you know, interrupt Eric, but I am Eric's a comedian and and a really good basketball coach, and I'm a mediocre basketball coach and a lawyer, and I thought the <laughs> I thought the Wade statement was somewhat ridiculous, actually, um, you know, because like the LSU statement was so obvious, just okay, you know, well that's great, you're allowed to exercise your constitutional rights, and we are allowed to then respond to that exercise of constitutional rights with our own actions, which aren't illegal. <laughs> and it was like, thanks. Uh, thanks for the FYI. Like, how does that change anything? Um, you know, so really, really strange. And, you know, if Sean Miller, his fate looks, looks in the balance at Arizona. And to be quite honest, uh, his, his wiretaps of what we know about them is not nearly as bad. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely interesting to see the difference between, um, between kind of these two situations. Um, it's also just interesting to see that, you know, Arizona has already lost a bunch of, lost a bunch of commitments, um, lost a bunch of players. And obviously it's also because of that, lost a bunch of games this year and not anywhere near the postseason tournaments and the NCAA tournaments. And um, obviously you've got the inverse where you've got this LSU team that's been just tremendous. So um, yeah, it, to see the parallels is pretty interesting. Um, one of the other things I think is pretty hilarious um, is, you know, Dickie V, how he was kind of really standing behind Patino, really standing behind Sean Miller. <laughs> and he's out there saying that Will Wade is dirty and yeah. um, just how despicable Will Wade is. And I was like, oh, wait, I thought you I thought you defended all these other guys that were kind of in similar positions. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird when it's not a blue blood. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird when it's not a blue blood. Yeah, um, not that I'm looking to sympathize with Will Wade here, but <laughs> from Dick Evie, I'm like, okay, there's no skin. Well, I mean, yet. I'll be honest. I mean, a part of it, part of it aggrieves me. Um, you know, he is a really talented basketball coach, first of all, and he's a young one who may have hamstrung himself in his for his career for a little while at least. You know, really took Kelvin Sampson a decade to get in a situation where he could make a national impact again, and even that's arguable because that's not even a power six program that he's at now. Um and, you know, so that that's that's, you know, bummer. And, you know, I have I have friends in the media business uh, that cover LSU and that are wonderful journalists, know a ton, a lot, ton about basketball. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure that 
this is hard for them to, you know, here's the, this, the chance to cover a team this good doesn't come around a lot. So, you know, to have it kind of spoiled to some extent by the scandal stinks. Yeah, it does. I, I do feel for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's some, um, I don't, I don't know if any, everyone's guilty in that uh, on that team. I, I assume not, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tough situation, but um, yeah, just uh, it's, it's also tough that the other thing that just sucks is the fact that, you know, we've got um, a Florida team that's really fighting for its NCAA tournament lives. And then, um, also trying to advance in the SEC tournament and playing our team that's really good in LSU. And obviously, we've got to talk about, you know, pay-for-play scandals for, for 10 or 15 minutes, which is not really my favorite thing to do. I actually don't really um, – I don't really care to talk about that stuff. I'd rather talk about the stuff on the court, but it's become uh, it's become uh, hard, not, hard not to just uh, to bring up these things, especially when it starts with, like, hey, is, um, is Naz Reed's um, questionable injury going to keep him out of this game or Javante Smart openly being – uh, held out is he and gonna play or obviously will Wade. so i wanted to ask one thing because i think lsu will watch the tape and they, they decided uh in, in gainesville especially that they were going to make sure that keontae couldn't get into the lane like he did in baton rouge right like i thought they did a nice job adjusting and kind of taking keontae's influence out of the game in gainesville a little bit and then obviously Jalen hudson went off and it, it almost didn't matter but Will Wade went to that little press that he goes to and Florida wasn't really ready for it and kind of got back at Mike White, right, for for the for the first game where White outcoached Wade. Uh, there was a little bit of the opposite in, mm-hmm. in Gainesville, even though Florida had the good set at the end of the game to win and then didn't defend. Um, let's, you know, let's, let's kind of finish on this. Two questions, I guess, for you. One is uh, – you know, what could Florida do maybe to get Keontae going? And if it isn't Keontae, did you think that maybe rest was a factor for Kayvon Allen? Um, you know, just mental rest, physical rest. He's had been such a heavy minute player this season. This is the longest break that Florida had had. Uh, and, and I don't know, he just looked better defensively too. Yeah, I, yeah, that certainly, uh, that certainly could help. I mean, Florida is a team that, that plays really hard. Um, picks up three-quarter court a lot of the time, and they, they practice hard, too, and, and two kind of loose ball drills all the time. And you also just look at um, kind of the mental rest of, you know, like uh, he did play, you know, you don't play well against Georgia and lose. And then it's like, well, you know, then you've got LSU coming up, and then you lose an actual, absolute heartbreaker, and he doesn't play well. And then it's um, – you've got Kentucky coming into town. Um, or, sorry, they're, well, they're heading into they headed into Lexington. But um, then they play Kentucky. And doesn't you know doesn't play really and I, and I just don't you know there probably wasn't much of a chance to get a to get a mental rest in all that situation of like hey you play bad well we've got to try to figure out how to beat LSU um, hey you've had a couple straight games of not playing very well hey we got to try to beat Kentucky at Rupp so um, probably the mental rest was uh, was big too but um, yeah, yeah and I I just think that you know as, as good as I think Deontay Johnson is uh, they really do need some something from Jalen Hudson and, and and something from mm-hmm. Davon Allen if they're gonna win so. Um, just kind of how, like you said, if they if they really do take Keontae Johnson out of it, which they could very well try to do, and hopefully the refs don't also take Keontae Johnson out of it, like he uh, kind of was the last matchup. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested if they try to do something, um, maybe a little bit more in the the early offense, just to kind of uh, maybe get Keontae Johnson going towards the hoop more off, maybe a, a dribble handoff kind of early before before LSU gets too set, uh, or if they try to. Uh, yeah, if they maybe try to do a little a little bit more with um with Kayvon Allen um, at the point where they can kind of then move the ball to a wing to where Andrew Nemhard is, who can then 
um, you know, maybe get it to Keontae Johnson, the high post or, or kind of on the low blocks. And then you've seen a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see because, uh, you know, quite frankly too, I mean, if I'm a team that's watched Florida film the last few games, like you kind of mentioned, um, I am looking at how do we stop Keontae Johnson? I think he's been the best offensive yeah. player. I mean, he still had 15 points in the game in Gainesville. Okay. <laughs> so it, it wasn't like that's crazy. They, yeah. It wasn't like they negated him completely. I mean, he's six and nine from the field and had 15 points. It's just that the choice they made was not to let him come around curl actions and get downhill to the rim. They said, you know, we're going to make you work for it inside a little bit. And, you know, somehow against that front court, he was up to it. So uh, we'll see. It, one, one thing that I wanted to point out was Florida really seven guys, double digit minutes today. That's kind of been the MO um, for the Gators, at least in the last couple of weeks that, that there hasn't been an eighth guy that's getting up towards 10 minutes. Uh, they got one minute from Stokes today. Um, and just, you know, you're not going to let him defend Gafford. I don't think it's anything against Isaiah, really. Uh, and then Okaru came out and sat back down after that really bad closeout. <laughs> so right. uh, we'll see. You know, against LSU, it was it was the same group. Bassett uh, was one of the guys that, that played the extra minutes and then Noah Locke, who came off the bench in that game. Yeah, they, they kind of are going to need that production just because – um, you know what, like Florida's top end talent is just not as great as a lot of other teams, top end talent. And it's, it's probably not, uh, it, it's not up to the kind of, um, caliber of LSUs, you know, maybe if they're sitting a few players, we'll see but yeah, well, it's, they, they, yeah, it's seven on seven, basically tomorrow. If, if smart doesn't play is the point I should have, uh, right. Cause, that is... cause that's, you know, that's LSU. They play eight guys. Um, and without Javante, it's really seven guys. Yeah, and I think it'll be up to, hey, like, hey, if, if, if Stokes gets in the game, can he make something happen like he did against, against Kentucky? Um, can, he, uh, can he draw a foul or two on, on Cabell Bigby-Williams or, or Naz Reed? Or, um, can, yeah, and can he just find a way to defend for, for a couple trips down the floor? Um, I, I was kind of interested. I, I was hoping to see when Stokes did get in this game um, to, see if, uh, to see if Mike White could kind of sneak him in on an offensive possession where he could try to uh, put some pressure on Gafford with a post up and then – you know, maybe try to get him out before he has to defend too many times. Um, I'd be interested if they kind of try to do that a little bit more. But, um, yeah, Dante Bassett, he made some things happen with his uh, uh, just his work on the glass because he got some extra possessions. And he also obviously drew the, uh, you know, our favorite play in basketball, the hook and hold, and, and knocked out his free throws. So, um, I, 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 yeah, if, if Bassett can give another good, you know, double-digit minutes off the bench, uh, yeah, that's kind of what they're going to need again. And we also even saw that Bassett and uh, – um, and Kavari Hayes on the floor at the same time for a few minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they might have to do that against a, a Naz Reed and Cabell Bigby Williams front court. Well, they got, they got Bassett in the pick or Bassett. They got Stokes in the, in the pick and roll. It was two minutes, but in his two minutes, they had him in the pick and roll towards the basket and uh, Desi Sills. Just <laughs> oh, made, that's right. He just made a great play. But, that pass was so nice. Uh, yeah, that, was, was, that was a great defensive play. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can do that to LSU, but um, certainly, certainly something to watch for. Right. And uh, yeah, we obviously saw a really nice pick and roll finish from Hayes against uh, against Kentucky. That's something to kind of hope for looking forward. But um, hey, why not? Uh, why not even try to see if we can get a pick and pop with Isaiah Stokes? I, I still don't even know if he's I could probably should have figured this out. I'm pretty sure he has not hit a three yet in his uh, time at Florida. But I mean, you watch him in, in high school. He was just drilling them. And um, he hasn't really even uh, had the chance to take too many open ones. But uh, 
hey, if he can, I, I wouldn't mind just seeing it. If they want to pick and pop and, and if they want to suck into the paint and like, let's, let's say like, if you saw Keontae Johnson and uh, as the ball handler with a screen and roll with Stokes and they kind of sag off and both jump into the paint to keep Keontae Johnson from getting inside and, and Stokes can step into a wide open three pointer. I'd love to see him take it just to uh, put that in the minds of the defenders and hey, see if some of that high school shooting magic is there for him. But um, yeah, that could be a, that could be an X factor or we could kind of see Stokes play two minutes again. Yep. Absolutely. So that's our show. We'll be back after the uh, game at some point tomorrow. We're not really sure what the schedule will be like, but um, we will have another pod, uh, whether it's Eric or, or someone else. But uh, thanks for listening and, and uh, enjoy uh, another day at the SEC tournament.